When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Winning Cures Everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in to Winning Cures Everything. This is Christopher Giannini, and I am doing the Thursday evening show. It'll come out Friday morning for everybody. Joined once again by another member of the trio of the Westlot Pirates. This is my good friend, John Lacombs. John, what's going on, man? What's going on? Happy to be here, of course. All right, so John is going to educate me on some things. We're going to talk about the draft even more because this is what we're doing. We're getting ready for our big Thursday night first round of the draft coming up. I believe it's next Thursday. Uh, so um, let's, let's kind of get into it a little bit. Uh, I forgot where I wanted to go with that, but neither well, are there. Well, so – so I got to, I got to say everybody. So you, uh, sent out an invite to me I to did. come on the pod right ahead of, uh, and you know, we're trying to do a little cross promotional thing. Cause this, this, I mean, the, honestly, this live draft pod last year was absolutely off the chain. It's going to be off the chain again this year, but I mean, we're kind of promoted, but we're also trying to get people an idea of what it's like when uh, all these forces come together to you know kind of like the avengers you know that's for right. the draft pond. that's right but uh but you invited me on uh and like a gentleman you told me uh you can come on and you can talk about you pick the topic anything you, you like want. like a gentleman yes, you sir. said that yes sir and like a dick i immediately said then I'm going to spring a topic on you yeah. and you're not going to know what it is that's all right all i, I ask I, is I, you explain it to me like i'm four that's that's it. I took, okay, I took your generosity and I just stomped on it. I'm good with um, that. I'm, 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 and that is, listen, it's like I'm back in high school again. So <laughs> just just bringing up old memories. I'll cry later. It's fine. Today we're gonna have fun. What are we talking about? Well, so we know we're gonna talk about draft later, yeah. but the this is a topic that. So when you said, "All right, you can bring up any topic," I said, "All right, well, what's what's something spicy that I can bring up?" And then I thought. All right, I want to return to the scene of one of the biggest dust-ups we ever had uh, on on text chains, etc. Um, and I knew the topic I wanted to talk about. And then out of that, we were talking about this last night when we were after we recorded our pod. We were joking, like out of the heavens descended something that is the encapsulation of exactly what I was talking about. So 
I, sh I should say, before I get into what the topic is, the first time I ever brought this up to you for people to kind of get a feel of what Chris's reaction was, just the image that I want you to have is, imagine that I was one stall over from Chris and I knocked on the wall of the stall and I said, hey, hey buddy, I'm out over here. Would you mind sliding that Joe Burrow jersey underneath the stall for me? That about how you would imagine Chris reacting to that was about how he reacted to this. And basically the short of it is, is, is basically like the, the short of what I was bringing up is this. If you said, all right, you can have five, you can watch five college football games. Okay. And those five college football games will be between the two teams that by far have the most talent, the best players, um, highest stakes. You can make it the national championship game. Um, they're evenly matched, loaded with talent, all the, all the marbles for everything. You can watch those. You can watch five of those games. Or you can watch 100 games where one of the teams is so much better than the other team. Yeah. Where You're where Alabama, Kent State. Alabama, Kent State, Alabama, you know, Montana comes yeah. down to, 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 uh, to Tuscaloosa to take, to take their lashing or whatever. Um, total mismatch. To me, that's not even a question. I take the 100 games I and I don't even look back. I know. And it, and it, it disappoints me so much. <laughs> you're, you're a Northwestern grad, okay? I am, I am a, a moron. I graduated from Ole Miss. I will tell you that I didn't deserve or earn my degree from Ole Miss. Uh, I got it by hook and by crook. And, uh, and, and I feel as if you should be smarter than that. But I, but you're not, and it's okay. I forgive it. Look, look, I, I just there are a couple different. So there's there's a lot to unpack here, and and I can unpack it all, and then you can just stomp on it piece by piece. Hang on, can I ask you this before you do that? Does this feeling come from the fact that while you were at Northwestern, you're growing your love for Northwestern? You were that team that got stomped on by the bigger boys. And I, so, therefore, you have some nostalgia? I would actually flip that on its head. Okay. And I would say, if there's anyone who should not feel the way that I feel, <laughs> it's a Northwestern fan. Yeah. And this is something that, again, if you're not a Northwestern fan, you're probably not as, as uh, privy to this knowledge. No one has a worse record with non-conference games we should win. Okay. I like, I don't, I don't well, want especially to suddenly... the last couple of years where you actually had real things to play for. Was it three years ago where y'all were undefeated in conference, but you lost all of your non cons, but we lost to Illinois state. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and they were all like dogs, right? Like one, one of them was Stanford and the other two were just shit teams. Yeah. I mean, I could, I, I don't want to go down horrible memory lane and scar any Northwestern fans that are turning into this. But I mean, like UNH is on this list. We can go back to the Rose Bowl season. Miami of Ohio is oh, on this. Her, list. Hang on. New Hampshire. You're yeah. your local, now, your local homegrown town. Now that's true. Right. Uh, I didn't feel that way at the time, but, but of course, look, Chip Kelly was the coach of that team. 
Um, we lost to Bowling Green when Urban Meyer was the coach of that team. There are a couple asterisks. I'm just saying, if there's anyone who should not look favorably on these kind of matchups, it's a Northwestern yeah. fan. And yet, I am the kind of person where I will sit, I will happily sit through 99 ass whoopings if it means I get to watch that one, yeah. that App State, Michigan, yeah. or whatever, the one that we'll all remember for the rest of our lives. That's part of it. The other part of it, though, is, um, and this is this is what I, I remember bringing this up to you. And again, you were like, "This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard." Look, just the way I feel. Uh, when it comes specifically to college football and running the ball, I will buy a ticket every single day of the week to watch a team hang 500 rush yards on another oh, team. Well, you I, know. You know me and my my love for growing up a Wisconsin fan. That was my Big Ten team because in high school I watched these guys put 500 yards of offense on the ground, and I thought this is the only place in America where the offensive lineman, the guy, the fat guy, me, gets laid <laughs> more than the quarterback, and it's not close. It's not close. We were t- we were talking the other day. We gotta yeah. get you, we gotta get you up here, man. We'll drive across the bar. You'll walk into Mars Cheese Castle like a god, yeah. my friend. That's, will that's f- what I that's exactly what I need in my life too. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so but it's even specifically. Um, I should so I should I need to put a, a huge caveat on this okay. because um, you know we're in we're in this era now of, of society. Sometimes you have to separate the art from the artist. Can you separate the art from the artist when they do certain things? Let me just say, I can at once acknowledge that nothing is grosser than Nebraska football. Nothing is grosser than Nebraska football. And yet, I came of age as as a college football fan when there was nothing more pretty to watch than... Tommy Frazier and Lawrence Phillips. Old school Nebraska football. I, I grew I, up on it because our little league, uh, little league, I guess, middle school and high school football coaches both like went to the Nebraska. I'm sure many high schools across the country did at this time because it was the 90s and Nebraska was the team. But like we ran all the Nebraska drills and basically the Nebraska offense at, in middle school and high school. Um, and, and I was brought up on it and I still hated it. Like, I still – I was like, why are we learning from these guys? This can't be – my my eighth grade, ninth grade brain had to know this can't be the pinnacle of football. It just it just can't be. I, so, I don't know what it is. I know the pinnacle of football is not coming from the state of Nebraska. Well, that's true. But, well, and it didn't either. It, like, those guys weren't from Nebraska, please. Like, this is what, this is what all those, all those fans in Lincoln believe in that, you know, the, the Dade County is once again going to pack up and move to Lincoln, Nebraska. Sorry, those days are gone. But anyway, the, to me, like, triple I, triple option out of that three back I form to me is like, that is poetry in motion. I'll watch that all day. And if a team is just beating the tar off another team doing, I'm like, like army Navy. Oh my God. Like, yeah, no. And I love those games and I don't disagree. And I think if you're a little, if you're a small team, if you're Kansas right now, you are the absolute worst power five team in the country and it's not close and you have no recruiting ranking around you, like recruiting base, you have to flip the game on its head. I'm a firm believer that David didn't beat Goliath 
because he was David. David beat Goliath because he didn't fight by the rules. Okay. (laughs) Like you have to change the rules. You have to, you have, you cannot fight these teams straight up. Kansas can't go into Oklahoma and play them straight up. They will lose a hundred percent of the time. We won the American revolution because we didn't fight the Brits straight up. Nobody could beat them straight up. So we, why, why, why fight them that way? This is, yeah. this is not a, listen, there are a set of rules that you have to follow. As long as you play the game within those rules, why play it the conventional way when you know the conventional way is going to mean you lose? I mean, sure. I mean, if you're, if you're the underdog, right. What have you got to lose? What do you have to lose? If you, if it doesn't work, who you're already getting be, literally uh, FCS teams are licking their chops, uh, uh, you know, to come and, and take your million dollars from Kansas, get your pay for win and upset you. But I think one of the, the, the thing, and this is where, I mean, back in, when we first got into this back, by a text when you just like blew 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 your top at yeah, me. Yeah, probably and, lost it when this happened. Yeah, I, I, the, I remember. Like to me, okay, so you, you know, SEC, you and Gary, Alabama, LSU. Yep. Okay, to me, the idea like there's the whole thing where people be like, look, why does the SEC continue to go? I mean, the SEC hung on to the eight game conference schedule for so long. Why, especially with the the way it's jiggered right now, right? Why? three weeks before the end of the season is suddenly like Charleston Southern coming in to take a whooping from well, it's, wherever. It's one, it's, it's one week or two weeks before they, they, they do it right before the big rivalry games. Right. Like Alabama and Auburn will, will bring in a high school team to kick the crap out of so they can get ready for the iron bowl. Right. And I know like, and it drives me people, insane. LSU you, didn't used to do it. And I think they started doing it the last couple of years before they play A&M. I hate it. I hate it. If you're going to bring in the pay for wins, you got week one, you got week two, and that's it. Oh, sure. That's it. Well, so, but I don't even like that, by the way. I am I am, I am, am against it all. FBS I teams know. only. I, you know, and it doesn't have to be all Power Five it, it, because you know my feelings on Power Five. I think that's a complete farce. It's a, it's a marketing tool, and that's it. Right. Oh, well, so that's the – I mean, right, like, I, I mean, it doesn't make any sense to randomly put it at the end of the season. Yes. But to me, those games are part of it. And I like the idea that, like, yes, do we know Alabama and LSU are way better and those teams don't stand a chance? Yeah. Okay. But to me, that democratizes it. it it's theoretically a chance. And we know one out of every hundred times – that team is going to win. I think I think your one out of every hundred is really wrong because we've got like 84 power five and G five schools that are good that bring in these pay for wins every year. You're, you're talking about they'll play two or three a year a piece out of all of them. So, so you've got three or 400 game sample size and we might have might have a year where one or two win. But I, but so it's on not Saturday, one out of every hundred. I, it's probably Saturday, one out of every three hundred. That's the but difference. Is, but on a Saturday, I can sit in front of my TV and watch it all unfold and just wait for that one to present itself. Well, so and then I will switch over. This, but this is that, my so this is my argument against it. There's a hundred games happening on Saturday. What are the chances that a you're gonna actually be on that game and b 
because it's such a bad game, unless it's an Alabama, Ohio State, a Clemson, a team that's on TV every game, no matter how bad it is, how what are the chances that you're going to be able to even find it if it's like if it happens in the Pac-12, you're not getting that football game. You're going right. to wait until that night and get highlights of it because because that game's not televised anywhere where you are. It's just not. Well, I, There's a bunch I mean, of ACC teams that are that way. Well, that's true. I mean, and ideally, like I'll be like searching for it and trying to find it. And, oh my god, right? Getting pissed off, being like, oh come on, like ESPN, why are you not? So this over thing this is going to happen. But you're not even going to be able to see it. I'd be like, we're watching like South Carolina, Kentucky. Yes. It's like 21-20 in the fourth quarter. I'm like, I could care less about this game. Meanwhile, it, it, might, it like, might be 14 to nine, you know? Right. I mean, Meanwhile, like, like 21-20 is, is pretty generous to those two teams the last year. Meanwhile, like, right, like Eastern Washington's down seven on USC entering the fourth quarter or something like that. And I'm like, that's what I want to. But so, so there's and now, it's you're, now you're cussing Larry Scott like the rest of the country because hey. you can't because you can't find it <laughs> exactly. The uh, the well, I mean, and come on, like if, if it was really great, then they they USC would go up to that red field, that would be incredible. All bets are off on the red field. The uh, but the I think so, it's a couple different things, but one is to me, the thing that makes college football so awesome is that there are so many teams and theoretically, yeah, I know it doesn't really happen, but theoretically anyone's in it. And the dog and pony show of South Alabama going to Tuscaloosa and losing 60 to 10, like that to me is part of it. And I'm like, okay, on one hand, that allows us to see if you know the full Alabama battle station, sorry, I'm mentioning Bama so much, but the full, the full battle station against an outmatched opponent, this is what it looks like 400 yards, you know, Devonte Smith, 300 receiving yards, et cetera. A lot of that is going to look good to me. The fact that it's a mismatch, I'm still going to be like, look at what happens when these guys are able to do all these things. And then I can watch them play the best defense or them match up with Clemson. But to me, the and because I mean it's the kind of thing where people always be like, let's cut this stuff out, let's cut all this out. You know, the idea of a super league, which is where we're gonna go in a second, right? And be like, let's we don't need the other guys. And I'm like, you can't have one without the other. Like it all functions the same way, but you get people being like, No, these guys bring in all the revenue and everything. And I'm like, it doesn't work that way. You're like, yes, on one hand, Northwestern. Like we get a fair, we get an equal share of that massive big 10 network pie. Um, and a lot of people are going to be like, look, Ohio state is the bell cow of the conference right now. They deserve a lot more. And it's like, okay, but just the fact that they are the best, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. If it was just call, Ohio the, state, call the big 12 right now and ask them how they like their conference deal. Because because Texas gets a substantial amount of money more than everybody else because right. they get the Longhorn Network outside of the Big Twelve Network, and and therefore it's it the rest of the conference is not rising, the rest of the conference is kind of up and down constantly in chaos, and look right. at the Big Ten since that money has come in, look at right. what they've done over the last couple of years. You even have Maryland and Rutgers kind of coming to the fold. 
as they're starting to get their pieces of that Big Ten pie. It the SEC figured this out way before all the other conferences. You you have to keep the money going to everybody. You can't just pay the big boy because then the big boy is going to get so big it consumes everything else. You need somebody to stand up and fight against that big boy. And and, and I, I think the Big Ten's done a really good job against it. So far, nobody's knocked him off. But Gary and I did a pod a couple of weeks ago where we talked about like the most disappointing teams out of every conference. My Big Ten disappointment has been Penn State. There's 100% no reason Penn State is not on the same field equally as Ohio State. There's zero reason Penn State and Ohio State aren't flipping a coin every year as to who wins it, and 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 they're equal. And they're not close. Ohio State is, is beating them year in and year out, and the few times Penn State wins, it's not enough. Well, I think there are – there are a couple of those programs, right, that you feel like are always like I think like, you know, it's like if Nick Saban packs up and moves to schools X, Y and Z. Right. What are those schools? And Penn State is definitely one of the schools yeah. on that list. I mean, to me, Texas is the number one school on that list every year. Talk about their suite. Like I will watch Big 12 games like to me. It's like I love that the that the bottom half of the Big 12 is is watered down year to year just because there's a chance a bad team is going to beat Texas every week. And oh, I'm yeah. here for yeah, Kansas was a field goal away from upsetting them last year. That's the right. worst Power 5 team I've ever seen put on a football field in my life. And well, and they were a field goal away from beating Texas last year. So you got in you've got you've got the in conference but then you've got the out of conference too, right? And like we were talking um you know, you guys were talking cuz Gary I think sent out a text of the FCS bracket, right? and what the FCS playoffs look like this year. And even by normal FCS nutty playoff standards, this one is super nutty. It's super um, nutty. And the biggest is Sacred Heart is, is in the playoffs. And for those of you who don't know, Sacred Heart, I mean, like you start getting into the FCS. To me, the FCS is, is it's everything that I love about college football. And I think a lot of people don't know that it's like, if you go, so You've got LSU, what Death Valley seats, how much, what is Death Valley? Seat? Over 100,000. Alabama, okay. Death Valley, uh, Tennessee are all over 100K. I think A&M is, if A&M's not 100K, it's really damn close to 100K. Oh, okay. So if Death Valley's over 100,000, yeah. Northwestern's 49.5. When it's full, mm, and they I'm, exaggerate that student section. I'm not going to say we fill it all the time. You know, the, the visiting team tends to help, but. So that's theoretically means LSU minimum, right? Double, we'll say three times as much of a crowd oh, yeah. on any given game, which on one hand is a lot. But then you go to the FCS. Let's take Eastern Washington. Let's take that red field. I don't know what they sit at that game, but I bet it's 30. Yeah, I bet I, it's it's, pro- if I had to guess, it's somewhere between 20 and 30. Right. I'm going to uh, bet all those big FCS teams – are, are, are less than 40, but more than 20. Right. They're going to be, and I know that's basically double in it, but that's that's the world in which these guys are playing and living in, and it just depends on where they're at and right. and what, you know, hell, what the population is, you know. Right. So let's say massive game, Eastern Washington seats 30, Sacred Heart seats four. I was just about to say, I'm going to bet that six figures. It's 4,000 people. I mean, I mean um, four figures, I'm sorry. It's 
it is their field is a mid-level Texas high school football oh, stadium. Yeah, now I would, I, I would, I, yeah, I think you're being generous there. <laughs> Olive Branch is not gigantic by any means in we're five A, but, but right. we're not, or they were. I don't know if they moved up or down or whatever. I, I just do not keep up with local high school football anymore. Um, but when I played high school football, Olive Branch set more than four thousand people. Right. So I mean, it's like that's it's just a totally different standard. And I don't know if this is if this is current, but I think what FCS scholarship limits like sixty three, but the Northeast Conference of which Sacred Heart's a member, I think that conference is like there. It's like forty five or something. So you even have different amounts of scholarships. Yeah, the um, the, the FCS teams are we. I mean, it's weird across the right. board. It, the fact that the that the HBUs don't play in the playoffs um, with everybody else is weird to right. me. I, I don't know why. And I think that's a choice of well, theirs. The, and the, the Ivies don't either. Well, I knew the and, Ivies didn't, but that's also their choice. But the HBU teams, there's no reason they shouldn't be playing with them. There's no reason they shouldn't be competing against these other teams. They're the same in quality and caliber of team. It's a weird resources thing. It's it's weird on both because the HBCUs a lot of times they don't they don't have the resources. I think like they're just the, the athletic departments are so hamstrung. And this, if you compare this is where ESPN, when you get to the playoffs, this is where ESPN there's nothing going on. Well, I guess right now is the the issue is when they normally would play their playoffs. College football in the NFL is going on. Um, I, Gary and I have talked about this before. They really need to move their whole schedule to the fall, uh, to the spring, the way they've done this year, every year. This has been amazing. It's been great content. There's no reason ESPN shouldn't be putting these games on. They're putting them all on ESPN three or ESPN plus. They're all on streaming. And right. I get that that's where like technology is going. I'm still an old man, and I want to turn the clicker on, and I want to watch TV. Um, it, mainly because I want to be able to bounce back and forth from this game to that game to that game. And, and when you're streaming, that's just not as easily done. Uh, but, but there's no reason what, what's ESPN going to be airing this Saturday when there's eight college football playoff games going, right. what in the hell content are they going to be putting on their program right now, this time of year? That, right, and they well, can't and bounce it for this, which would and you could do it super cheap, by the way, in, in paying for the rights of it, and your crazy cheap payment would change the life of every one of these co colleges athletic departments. Yeah, no, I mean, I I totally agree. It would and be I more than any boosters ever given them. Right, and it's like you, it's crazy because you, to me, again, the fact that it's all linked, right, that these FCS teams play FBS teams, yes. right? That connects it to me and it, it weaves it all together. And then I can draw a line and be like, okay, if I'm watching and I've, I watched this once, I mean like Villanova playing at playing uh, Montana in the FCS playoffs at Montana in like a driving blizzard, like that, it doesn't get any better than that. And the, and the idea that like, I know, yeah, Sacred Heart is, uh, is probably going to go to Delaware and get absolutely destroyed. Like they're probably going to get leveled. But just that those options exist. Well, well, no, but this is a playoff. Now in playoffs, I'm having a different conversation than a regular Saturday. I know. And you've got a big boy team cutting a team a $2 million check so they can kick the shit out of them. Well, and, and, and then they can just pass the plate for their for donors to, to come in and, and, you know, give money to the school. That's it. Well, here's, 
here's the other thing though. And this is, you know, something else that we got into uh, talking about the NFL versus this, right? If there's a mismatch at the NFL level, it's because one of the two organizations is incompetent. Yes. And that to me is like, I'm not going to be like super pumped if the bears pull their heads out of their butts and somehow beat Kansas city by hook or by crook in some random game. I'm still going to be like, that was just like bizarre. Your stars aligned and you just like, didn't get in your own way for one game where as opposed, like, as opposed to a college where it's like, if one of those teams wins, they did it probably because you were saying or like some awesome scheme or things really aligned, but they overcame a lack of talent by just like playing their butts off. And I don't know, like, again, I know that it's, that this is just like a false idol 99.9% of the time, but I'm just like, to me, it's the, that's, that's, it's, it's what makes the difference for me. Yeah. Um, I can't but, do it. I can't get around it. I, I'm, I'm against it. It, it. It's not that I hate it. It's just, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. If the upset happens, then afterwards we'll talk about it. But I have to listen to my partner put together a show. I love Gary, but Gary always is going to want to talk about the top 10 teams because that's what you're everybody that's in the business of talking about sports says you need to talk about the stars, but I don't want to talk about Clemson when they're playing a high school team. And that's half their damn schedule, by the way, that's that's in conference. Also, I don't want to talk about LSU when we bring in McNeese state. It's, it's not a hatred for this school. And I don't want to hear why are we wasting valuable moments talking about games that do not matter because this team has a big fan base and their fans want to hear us say their school's name. That's the part that I have a problem with. And because everybody's doing it and they're all doing it on the same weekends, they're all doing it the first three weeks of the season or one of the last two weeks of the season. And therefore a large chunk of the, of the television watching games available are all garbage. They're all garbage. You, you've got a hundred games of inventory but and one. half of them are trash, man. But one amazing game out of that garbage. You just have to dig through. But, the, but there lies the problem. You'll go an entire season. Name the upset that happened last year because it didn't outside of conference because not a lot of people played it. But but I'm just saying, like, you'll go years, and it just doesn't – you don't get it. No, I know. So that means and, I go a whole season of this bullshit. That's what well, I so here behind. Well, so here's, so here's the thing, and this is where – that's a good pivot, right, to what th- this thing that dropped out of the clouds. The thing All right, you so said- let's, get, let's change. Let's go in. Let's, let, let's, let's alter to this. This is what I need you to educate me on, okay? I, I like watching soccer. I I have gone to several soccer matches that that um uh that happened in uh Nashville. Um I've been to an international game against America and Mexico. Um really enjoyed it a lot. Uh like I tell me what in the hell is going on with the Super League. Is so, it is it dead already and explain it before it died before I guess catch well, me so, up. Well, so here's the here's the connection, right? Let's say to follow what you were just saying, right? You get all these, let's you get all the the top teams. Let's say you get the whole SEC, and they're like, you know what? We're sick of of playing this non-con at the beginning of the season. These teams, it's always just ass kickings again and again. We don't want to talk about it, etc. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna close it off. From now on, the SEC will only play SEC schools. And we'll have our own SEC championship at the end. 
we will just treat that SEC championship as if it is the be all end all championship of all champions, um, which frankly, a lot of SEC fans, I think would get behind anyway, and then be like the, and then be like, and that's what it's going to be. So what, what happened is soccer. And this is to me is like one of the most unbelievable things about soccer in Europe. There are, I don't even know, thousands of teams. Yes. Every country has their own league. Um, a lot of countries like England have like a four or five tiered, like it technically it goes down like 10 tiers and they all have promotion and relegation. It's all connected. So the entire thing through various things is all connected. Theoretically, some team of like longshoremen in Newcastle that play in like the 10th division could get promoted 10 years in a row, end up in the premier league, win that, go to the champions league, win that and be champions of all of Europe. Is that like their better chance of being struck by lightning like three times in a week than that happening, but it could happen. And that's what I think the, was the big thing that was underestimated because what happened is you have all these clubs, all the top clubs, the clubs that make all the money, pay all the money, drive the endorsement deals it's just like the sec just like whatever right so it's manchester united liverpool manchester city arsenal chelsea real madrid barcelona ac milan inter all the biggest teams the teams that again drive the endorsement and this is money. only 12 teams from england right no so there it's Are all going to go into the german league that well so they're the kind of the way the leagues work is Bayern Munich is an absolute blue chip club in Europe. Like year after year, they're one of the top five clubs, but traditionally they lord over the rest of their league. So the league as a whole is not at the same level as like the premier league is in England. Yes. But they were absolutely on the list to try to come in, but basically all these teams, all the owners really were basically saying like, look, we feel like we're subsidizing all the lower teams. And there's this thing called the champions league that, you know, the, I don't even know the, the winner of the domestic league in Austria that has like no money, they get in and then we have to play them. And it's a waste of our time. And they're going to cash checks based off of the TV deal for something that has nothing to do with them. We're the ones generating all the revenue. We're going to give it to them. Why should we even have to do this and get all the way to the end when the winner of the Champions League is going to make X amount of dollars when we should be making four times this because we're having to carve up the pie and share it with all of these little guys that we don't think they did. So we're going to close it off. No more Champions League. All of the biggest teams... And it was like the numbers like 12, 16, 20. I think they had a list of like 20 they figured they were going to get. And it's all the 20 most famous teams. And be like, all right, we're just going to, we're all going to qualify. This will be a closed league, no promotion, no relegation. It's these teams. No one else gets in. No one else leaves. It's just like the NBA or the NFL or whatever. We keep all the money. And then at the end, so we're going to sign a massive TV deal. And then at the end, the winner will cash one giant fat check that's four times bigger than what the Champions League would have got. And they just figured they would steamroll this through. They were like, we were the power structure. 
you guys are all little guys. You suck. You don't matter. We generate all the money. We have all the biggest players, all the biggest names. Um, you know, suck it. If you don't like it, sorry. This is the way that it's going to be. If you want to keep your other Champions League, fine. But we're doing this. We're going to take all the revenue. And it was the biggest friggin' disaster I have ever seen. This thing imploded in such spectacular fashion because I think what they, and this is goes to the thing where it's like, not only did all of soccerdom be like, this is the worst thing ever because it eliminates all of those connections and all those ties. And the fact that there's this interwoven, like you're taking this system that we know, we get it. We know Paris Saint-Germain in France is paying 50 times the, you know, whatever the, their salary, their, their roster is guys who cost 50 times what a guy in some other league in the champions league is going to pay, but it's still theoretically possible, right? Now you're closing it off and you're making it zero chance. So not only did all soccer, all the fans of the teams that were going to go in Chelsea, Manchester United were like, this is garbage. This is the dumbest thing ever. This isn't how our team was built. This isn't how like our team rose up over the last century. And now we're just going to close this off just as like a money grab because a bunch of rich guys and like as a subtext, half of them were like American, a bunch of rich American guys. So that was my question. Is the reason these ideas are getting floated over there is because it's becoming more Americanized. Americans are coming to Europe and trying to impose the way we do do business and sports. Maybe I always think about the NBA model, right? Which was like sometime that's around. What this the feels like. That's what this feels like. This feels like a lot of rich guys that have watched the NBA for a long time. And they said, you know what? Super teams are now what we do. It, baseball is getting to that. If you look at the, if you look at the Dodgers, makes me want to puke. Um, but like, it, you know, it, I just feel like this is the Americanization of this sport. We, we're getting too many billionaires and they're taking the money to Europe um, and and buying up those leagues because they're more valuable or they're just cheaper. I don't know if they're more valuable and that's why they're buying them or if they're cheaper and that's why they're buying them, um, you know. But, but I mean, that's the thing. Like I was thinking like the I, I do feel like it is kind of like a wake up call. And again, this is me coming from my perspective, which I get it is not everyone's perspective. But I look at it and I'm like, look, these guys all um, that these guys believed that the money they got, it's like no one wants to see a king lording over a, a castle of one. Right. No. Otherwise, you're not a king anymore. That's right. Like we get it. You have all the money. You have all the power. But if you don't measure that against everyone else, I'm not going to care anymore. It doesn't matter. And this is again, it's one of my big impediments to look, I wish so wish that some of these basketball leagues in Europe would rise up to the level where they started to approach the NBA so that the NBA had to recognize some of these teams. So I've got a question about that and and I'm going to bring it back to soccer because my thought is, would it be wise for American soccer? Okay. The MLS is, it's a thing. Okay. It's not super popular um, and it's struggling to, to stay relevant. Would it be better for we keep the American team, we can keep the MLS, but one MLS super team, you take all the all stars, the best players from the MLS, and you build an American team 
to try to start playing in Europe, in the European leagues, instead of in America. Listen, we fly teams from New York and L.A. four times a week all the time to, to play basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, uh, basketball, uh, football, everything. We fly Jacksonville to London three times a year, damn it. To, like, there's no reason. Air travels is easy and it's cheap, and they're all going to fly a private charter plane. Would that help build the sport in America if we had an American team that Americans could get behind trying to get? But we'd have to; it would have to be an all-star of American team. Like you well, couldn't, you couldn't just just buy up a team and start playing over there. You literally would have to take the best players we've got, make it well, basically our international team. Well, they sort of do that um, in a way. The MLS All-Star Game. Now well, I'm talking usually, about a, a regular team, not an all-star team. A re, I mean, basically you're putting all to but not in an all-star game or an all-star tournament. I'm talking about a regular throughout the regular season. No, but what I mean is, oh, well, so, cause I was going to say like the, like a lot of like the MLS all-stars will actually like host a team that will come over like yes, Manchester. And, I, and I've watched that many times. I'm talking about, can we get a team good enough to where the United league would say, or the premier league would say, we'll let you in we'll let you in our league and we can compete on. Well, so that is, it is the same problem, right? It's the same thing. The NFL is trying to figure out from a logistical standpoint, right. Of like dealing with getting guys over there, getting guys crossing the Atlantic, coming back, et cetera. But Um, here's the thing. Can't you just stay there for the year and then play like three home games in America? That's it. They're all played in New York because it's the easiest place to get back and forth from London. And then, and then you just, you just play the rest of your matches over there. Well, I mean, like the the other thing, I think, like before you can even get to that point, I mean, I think one of the things that I would love to see is, I mean, you look, you say, okay, where's the fan base? Because it's like soccer is to the point now where it's kind of like hockey, yes, right? Where is there this massive overarching fandom? Eh, not outside of Canada for hockey, yeah. but do people love their team? Yes. yes. Local. It's it's baseball. I mean, it's a it's a very low version of baseball. Hockey's trying to get to baseball's level. Baseball on a national level is terrible, but the right. local and, markets for baseball is unbelievable. Well, hockey and the thing is, is getting very good local ratings. MLS. I think the good thing a couple well, of years ago when Atlanta won it all. Hell, Atlanta was a soccer mecca. Uh, Cincinnati. Uh, you talked to Scuzz. My my buddy was at. Uh, Cincinnati University or University of Cincinnati um, when they got their team that place on on a game a, a game day oh, yeah. was insane well I think a lot of people don't realize too because of like it's a lot of it is west coast oriented yeah. but like Seattle like they pack that Seattle place. and Portland I know are two huge Portland huge Seattle yeah. Vancouver the and the galaxy right and places where there are large Hispanic fan bases that's what I was going to say. I think one of the first steps is um, I would love to see some sort of like combination promotion relegate thing with Liga MX, the Mexican league. Those places are absolutely massive too. They sell out like crazy and the talent is pretty similar to MLS. And it's like, you could build it up and build it up. But to your point, I think a lot of people, they view it through an American lens, right? Like one team could come over and it's like, well, all right, if you're trying to measure yourself against them, you got to preserve some sort of system where everyone's connected and everyone gets to be a part of it. And it's difficult. Cause I mean, it's the same, you know, it's like, I'm sure Australia has the same problem, like 
China, Korea. It's like, you got to get there. Being so, so far like, away. The difference right. is, is the distance between here and Europe just isn't that far. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it's, it's almost 3000 miles across our country. It's like 3,500 miles from New York to London. So right. it's, it's so, not, I mean, it's, it's not in, in an airplane. It's an extra 40 minutes. Right. I mean, it's like they could, I mean, I'm sure there's something that they could put together, but I mean, I think it's, to me, it is, it's one of those wake ups where, okay, I get it. If it's like NFL, NBA, it's always been like that. It's always been a closed league. It works fine. Great. Yeah. You don't, but I would definitely, they make too much money as they are, but I would definitely look at the European super league. And then I would look at the sec or something. I'd be like, look, if you're Bama, like, yeah. Okay. If we take those off the table and we replace them with X game, X game, just understand there are going to be some years where even with a good team, you don't watch your team beat the crap out of a single team the whole season. And like, that's fun too. Um, And then on the flip side from people who are outside of a fan base looking in, there's never going to be a time where I'm going to be like that, like someone just shocked the world. And of course, like March Madness, that's the perfect example. Like you get like, it's like, it's not like we don't have our own way of doing it. But anyway, so with the soccer thing, it was just a total disaster. Like everyone's like, you can't create this. Close so they're system. not doing it right. Like it's no, officially I mean, it's, not happening. This was a thing for like three days. And I mean, it was, it just the, the degree apart. to which this thing blew up was unbelievable. I mean, it was just everyone's Manchester United's president's getting fired. Like all these teams are backing out one by one. I mean, it's an absolute disaster. What so what team does John Henry own? That's that's my Red Sox owner. That's that the yeah, he John Henry had to give a big apology today. I'll give him credit. He ate it. He ate it because I was expecting all these owners, I was expecting every one of these owners to a man to stand up and be like, you know, we we didn't really want to do it anyway. Uh the other guys made us do it. You know, we were the first one that was wasn't my idea, and Henry totally had to stand up. He is oh gosh, now I'm gonna man. Manchester United, I think. Is he a man you owner? Or is he Liverpool? I no, Liverpool. You're, you're, I'm Liver- it's, you because I don't know. It's, li- it's Liverpool. Okay. The Glazer family. I didn't is think it was Man U. I was almost positive yeah. it wasn't that. That's, but they're both American. That's one of the no. few teams. Yeah. How many of the European teams are getting bought up by Americans? <sighs> it's those two. I mean, so first of all. And if, I'm, I'm sure they're groups, by the way, right? There are like John Henry doesn't own them, just like he doesn't own the Red Sox. Right. He's, He's the part of majority ownership. owner of right. the Red Sox. Right. So it's like the there are a couple, um, and of course, there's money comes from the shadiest places over there. I mean, oh, and, that, oh, there's there's no doubt that that I mean Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea they're not, vet, they're not vetting by, owners at all. Yeah, Chelsea is owned by uh, you know a Russian oligarch yeah. who got rich on shady oil money, and like Paris Saint Germain is backed by i don't know a series of shell corporations that are really the saudi royal family it's like there there's a lot of that kind of stuff so but i do think you know i mean as this colossally exploded i do think a lot of people were like look you again you've got if you're the king you have to measure yourself against anybody so again i know this is such a big long tangent but i know because we could go back and forth on this i was like this is it's it is. I mean, I and I get it. I Well, I'll I, give you not, my opinion at the end of the day. I'm glad it fell apart. I don't believe that the SEC should build a wall um, and, and, and only play themselves. I just don't want to see them play in FCS schools. But listen, I, I, I'm not opposed to LSU bringing in Louisiana or, or whatever. Louisiana went into 
to uh oh god dang Iowa State last year and and beat them. They beat them handily. But that's not an FCS school playing. That's not a one out of a hundred. That's like one out of thirty. Okay. Like the difference between Louisiana and all these other teams, hell, Louisiana is still a top 25 football team. They just play in a smaller division. Right. Right. That, I just love- that's not the separation that that we're talking about. When App State beat beat uh, uh Michigan, App State is not some middling, you know, sacred heart, whatever. App State was the dominant force in FCS for a long time. Right. And therefore, you know, their best played our mm, Big name, but probably not very good. You know, power five team. So, right. No, I know. And it's it's like I I do love though the college football is the one thing right where you can do that transitive wins thing where you can be like this team beat this team beat this team. And I know because Northwestern is prominently figured in that in a couple of years because yeah. we will absolutely lose to some FCS team and then go out and beat Michigan in the same year. That's yes, how we, get- yes, you've done it. I've watched you, I've watched you do it. And, and it's, yeah. it's very frustrating by the way. <laughs> All <laughs> right, let's, let's get into some draft stuff. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I hit the draft a lot with with Sam yesterday. We talked a lot quarterbacks. Um, you said you wanted to talk undervalued players. I love this idea because there's a couple of guys that we've talked about in our group chat um, that, to me, it's just insane. A couple of these solo shows I've done, I've hit on some of these guys. But what are you thinking? Who Who's the most disrespected? How do you want to attack this? I uh, So – the first of all i want to say like you know you guys always have great graphics on your show and everything i just hope there's one of those transition bars so for everyone who was like there's what not, the hell was what the, the hell was that listen the last half hour for if if for gary shows he he writes the time down there's like the little thing where you can like go and click and get to like different chapters no no no. you got the dummy here i know how to turn it on i know how to turn it off and i know how to upload it that's the short and skinny of what they're getting. So this is this Hilarious. is just chasing the rabbit all the way down the uh, the street. Hilarious. Well, so I think to to get into what we were just talking about, what I was thinking about earlier. All right, let's say you go and talk to a bunch of draft experts, right? Like let's say the combine was going on this year, and you could actually go and you cornered a bunch of people, and you said, "Look." There's a really good chance that five years from now, we look at this draft and Micah Parsons is easily the best player to come out of this draft. He, he realistically could be uh, uh, Khalil Mack out, and, of, and, out of this draft. And, and 
And all those people are going to look at you and be like, yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. That could definitely happen. What are we doing then? Yeah. What are we doing? So if he, if he does not go in the top 10, I, I think he's going to, so Sam actually had him yesterday going to nine to his Broncos. Um, I, here's what's strange to me. Okay. I think we have overvalued quarterbacks to a point to where I, we've gotten to the level of insanity. Like, like I think it's crazy. I think this, the amount of quarterbacks that are going to be taken in the top 10 this year, I think is going to be all five of them. And, and I believe that in three years, we're going to look back and say, that was stupid. That was stupid. There's a world. I in which, Why wait? Yeah. Th- there's, there's a world in which, uh, Kyle Pitts, Micah Parsons, uh, uh, Jamar Chase and, and, and Sewell are, are the four best players in this draft outside of maybe Trevor Lawrence and outside of Trevor, there's not another quarterback that's close to those four guys in the way we judge it, but because they play a specific position and that position is so important. It's weighed so much more teams these in past years would be number one, number two, overall number three, overall players are going to fall five to 10. I do. And I mean, it's like, it'd be one thing if this was, if these were a weak crop of guys that we're talking about here. Yeah. Like I, I, I know, I know overall the class top to bottom is a thinner class, but that's not these guys. Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons is great at, Everything. And everything. There, everything. I told you, I he could be Khalil Mack. I think yeah. in my in my world, Khalil Mack is is the ultimate, the perfect linebacker. Now, the last couple of years, in he's long in the tooth right now. In his prime, he's 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 one of the most unstoppable linebackers that we've I've I've seen in a in a while in recent form. He rushes the passer. He stops the run. You know, he could get drop back in coverage. He's one of the most athletic and smartest uh, linebackers that I've seen play in a long, long, long time. I think Parsons could absolutely be that guy. And He's there's not the a way. world where that that level defensive linebacker, edge rusher, whatever, doesn't go in the top three. Every draft, they, they're a top three guy, and right. he might fall out of the top ten. Like, you can't tell me he's not one of the three best players in this draft. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? It's highway robbery. Yeah, it's insane. I fall, do think that's insane. If he falls out of the top ten, like, he has no weakness. Yep. None. There, no, the, uh, the list of names you gave me and the list of names that I have are almost identical, and we're only going to disagree on a couple. And it's not even really well, – I don't know your opinion on my guys – like it's not really a disagreement. I just don't think one of the guys you've got fallen is gonna fall as far as you've got. That's the difference. But anyway, that's uh, yeah. No, I mean I think well. I mean we'll and we'll see. I mean maybe again we don't know a lot of this stuff. I think it's funny. Um, you you know and I know with Sam you guys talked about quarterbacks a lot. So I mean yes. I'm not gonna go no. down this road too far. But you did mention to me um, beforehand you were like um, Ian Book was yes. someone you brought. Yeah, right. Kellen Mond okay. and Ian Book, I think, are now. There's a world where Mond might go second or third round. Not second, probably third round. If he goes third round, that's probably fine. But but if he falls to four or five, and Ian Book being considered undrafted, I, I like. Well, so I think that's insane. Well, so that's the thing. Like, if you're like, look, 
ultimately at the pro level, Ian book doesn't have all the physical tools or whatever. I'm like, okay, fine. Like I, that's like, we're not reinventing the wheel to say that like this guy's, if his legacy is that he was an awesome college quarterback, that's his legacy. Like that makes sense to me, but I will say Ian book, when you, when you brought him up, I was like, there's actually, I have a great way of thinking about Ian book, which this past year, to me, he was, there weren't many guys more valuable to, to their teams than him. Now, does that mean I believe that Devonte Smith should have won the Heisman? No, I think that was a great choice. Yeah. Unbelievable. Oh, no, no, no. And to see a wide out win. Should have been it. Yeah. But if book had not been on Notre Dame, Notre Dame falls off a cliff. Like you can't tell me otherwise there was, he did everything well for them. He carried them, you know, relative to their, you know, their knockdown dragouts with Clemson. He was the thing that made the difference um, in the, the game that they won. And the, I think the, the reason I bring up book here is my book's career. I don't know think it literally started this way, but it's the way I want to believe that it started. Cause I hate Notre Dame. Okay. Was, was books first appearance on the field was getting turnover chained by Trajan Bandy in front of just one of the greatest scenes I've seen ever uh, down at uh, against Miami um, where the starter got hurt. He came in and immediately fed one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see for a pick six to Trajan Bandy. Um, while Chris Fowler's like, break out the chain again. Just fantastic. Um, it was a horrible pass book came in and goes, here's a touchdown. Let me hand it to you. Right. And he went from that to what we saw last year. Right. Trey Lance has not even close to had that moment. The moment book had years ago. He's like this idea that like, oh, but him big, him run fast. Like what? Like he has not had that moment. He played for the team that lords over the FCS a year ago and then just didn't play this year. He played a piece of one game where he did not look great. Yeah. And and that's it. And now he's going on. So whenever his Ian Book moment's going to be, is going to be in the NFL against, I mean, like I. And he's going to be taken in the top 10 of this draft probably. I mean, I, I, that to me is like, and, and, like Ian, and Ian book, it might go undrafted. I, I think I would rather have the guy that's been through trials and came out the other end. And we've seen him. I just spend a top five or top 10 pick on one of these guys. When you've got Micah Parsons, Jamar chase, you know, the, 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 the list of guys pits, all these dudes that are just monsters in the league. I think. Well, I was so why? Why well, are we rolling the dice there? Well, and then AM. I mean, I'm like I was mad at AM all year because I believed that AM and Florida and a couple had this mutual house of cards going where like AM was good because they beat Florida, and Florida was good because they barely lost to AM. And it was driving me nuts because we're looking up at these teams. But anyway, with that said, Mont he ran like an unofficial four, five, seven at his pro day. Lance has not run, which is just amazing. Like fantastic. Like the, the has not run. There's some trainer who's like, yeah, he consistently runs in the mid fives. Great. Sure. We'll just take your word for it. Well, now Um, if somebody says he runs in the mid fives, 
a guy who's averaging 100 mid yards rushing. Five. Okay, mid four fives. I was about to say, like, like I think oh, you would trust him on that. Like, why right. is he lying well, about mid, that? Well, mid. If if you're telling me that I'm taking that he's consistently running on the mid four fives, let's say I'm charitable mm-hmm. and I'm like, all right, well, let's say if we actually get him out there, he puts up a four five five. Then why would I take Lance over Kellen Mond? To me, they're pretty much the same kind of guy. And I, I've seen I, I, do, I, I get it. So I have. I, I told Sam this yesterday. I, I've watched a lot of the Trey Lance propaganda because I didn't watch any of him playing football because I just didn't watch FCS football when it's happening when the the regular guys are playing. I, it's just not something I'm ever going to tune into. Which right. is why I think they need to move to the spring because now I'm actually watching these dudes and I'm learning about them. And I'm enjoying it, by the way. Um, I think Trey Lance is built like – I'm going to use a Bill Simmons, sir. I think he's built like a brick shit house. All right? Like, I think he he, he looks mean, like – he, he looks like uh, Ben Roethlisberger if Ben Roethlisberger could move, which is why I think you take him – it's not his speed. It's if he's going to be a running quarterback – who do you think is going to last longer, Kyler Murray or him? Well, the, the well, the thing is, like, if you look, because ev- everyone's chasing Josh Allen now, right? Yes. Which is there like, you there you the, go. But like, if and that's who I Allen, compared him to, by the way. But Allen and Roethlisberger, there's a great comparison there because both of them, yeah, they played small conference football, but those teams were not amazing. Those guys were the team. That's right. And they willed the team to being like something better than what it was. Lance. North Dakota State beats the piss out of every Every, team that they play. No, that's true. And and he was just like the latest juggernaut on that team. So it's like all the things people would say about Mac Jones, to me, I'm like, dial that up to 11 for Trey Lance. Yeah, but Trey Lance does something Mac doesn't. So in my mind, in my mind, I think those two are four and five. And the reason I have Trey over Mac is not a hatred of Alabama, which I'm 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 very open about. It's strictly I think the game in the NFL is outside of Tom Brady. Every successful quarterback has to be mobile. They have to have some some level of mobility. You don't have to be Michael Vick, but you can't be Tom Brady unless you're actually Tom Brady. Okay, And therefore, why would I take Mac Jones when I could take Trey Lance? I think they're about the same in everything else, except for the fact that this guy can run way better than Matt could ever run. He's the a hundred answer, times athlete. The answer to the question, who should you draft Mac Jones or Trey Lance is Micah Parsons. Is Micah Parsons. That, no, no, that's no, the no, answer no. to that question. I was just about to say that before you did. No, I could. All right. We're of that same mind, <laughs> yeah. by the way, we agree. And I'm the guy who's saying, listen, I'm the only person I've ever heard talk about this. I think at number three, I think Kyle moved up to three to take uh, uh, Kyle Pitts. I believe that because I believe he thinks in the third round he could take uh, Kellen Mond. I believe he could take undrafted Ian Book and put him on that roster with that right. team and win all the games. All oh, my God, them. with Kittle and Kyle Pitts. I know, I mean, yes, like- yes. This is, this is West Coast Bill Belichick Patriots, two tight end set, he want he wants to run the football. This is all all Bill wants to do is run the football. And when he throws, he wants to throw passes that nobody can guard. I don't have to out scheme you because I know you don't have anybody on the field that can guard George Kittle. If I put two George Kittles on the field, 
you can't guard either of them. There is no double teaming them. And therefore, I can get a first down anytime I need to. And I only want to get first downs when I have to because I want to run the football and dominate you. This is Those two men see the game played the exact same way. And people who think he moved up for Mac Jones, I think is all smoke and mirrors. I think it's all bullshit. And I think at number three, we're going to see them take Kyle Pitts. I believe that. And until I hear the name, I'm not trying to be contrarian for contrarian's sake. I am not Chris Sims. I'm not trying to just say random things that are outrageous. I actually put logic and reasoning into that. And it makes sense to me and my brain for what I think Kyle Shanahan wants to do. Well, I think but you're right. You're, the answer is Mac Jones or Trey Lance. No, yes, between those two guys, uh, the answer is Micah Parsons. That's it. Right? Yeah. Jamar That's Chase, cool. give me that guy. Give me Sewell. Hey, give me Slater. Give me, give me a guy that's going to affect the rest of the team so much more than one of those guys. And if they go at twenty three, then that's where that's where the draft should have dropped them. By the way. Well, the funny thing is, so you know, I'll be curious to hear your so. If you like to run the ball, I do. I believe like one team in this draft that does not have a good pick. Like, let's say you're a team that I don't know. You're you pick at pick twenty in the first, and you pick a pick twenty in the second. Okay, there's a chance that with those two picks, you could get a pair of running backs that cover literally a hundred percent of every situation where you would want a certain type of running back to do a certain type of thing. Yeah. And that, there's no way on earth you're going to convince me to use my first two picks in the draft on running backs. ever. Oh, I know, but yeah. I'm saying, I just don't value them anymore. I love them. I love them. I'm, I got the Browns gear up here. Listen, I'm going to, I'm going to be sad because at some point in time, Nick Chubb's contract's going to come up and I'm going to say, Cleveland would be stupid to offer him one of these $14 million a year deals that running backs are getting. It would but, just be a dumb thing to do. But first of all, when do you think Najee Harris is going to go? Second round. You think he's going to the second round? Yep. And I, But here's the, the thing. I think that's where he should go, by the way. I but, also I mean, think he should go before – I'll let this be – he should be the number one running back gone. He should go before Travis Etienne – and I don't think it's close. I do not think it is close. You're talking about a guy that I hate, okay, from a school that I hate. And I still think I'm, all my biases I, in me, he is and, better than Travis Etienne. Oh, I agree. And I and I don't. I think Etienne's good. Yeah. But oh, no, it doesn't mean he's me, a bag of rocks. But to me, it's like if you're looking for the Henry, the Fournette, that kind of thing, Najem really might be that guy. Yep. And again, that position, that type of thing has been devalued. Yes. And that's why he would go to the second. That's why he's but he is that, but I think he's that guy. Like, I don't think it's smoke and mirrors. Like, I don't, oh, I don't either. I don't either. And I don't like think Etienne's smoke and mirrors. I think Etienne's good. We're comparing him to a guy that I've seen for the last two years dominate. Every time Alabama got in trouble, which wasn't a lot, but every time they got in trouble, they turned to Najee to get him out of it. And, right. and th there's a reason why all these other Alabama players are going higher than Najee in the draft, but right. every one of them looked to Najee to get them out of trouble when they got in trouble. Well, that, that says a lot, and, and Clemson didn't do that with Travis. They just well, didn't. And then there's – so there's the other thing, too. Like, Najee to me is – I mean, and again, okay, maybe this is bias and maybe this is just like the games that, that we watched, but like Najee's number one. 
Etienne is not number two for me. And the question is, is Najee one or is Najee two? And it's a style thing. Rondell Moore, who will go in the middle, like, do you want well, Darren Rondell Sproles Moore's a receiver? Well, Rondell is Rondell Darren Sproles mixed with Christian McCaffrey. Rondell Moore is going to play wide receiver. And for him to be the number seventh wide receiver in this draft, I think is patently wrong. I So to me, I'm like, to me, he is, I mean, he's a positionless kind of guy. And I don't mean that as a negative. I mean, what Darren Sproles was used for, you can do the exact same thing with Rondell Moore. Yeah, and the way Christian Mc- a lot more athletic than Sproles ever was. Oh, I mean, well, Sproles is so, I mean, to me, but like the usefulness and the way that the, that McCaffrey's used, I mean, he's a running back, Yeah. but I mean, he catches so many passes. I'm just like, it's, there was, you know, there was a, a separate thing where I was going to talk about like a subcategory of guys where it's like, at some point in the draft, you just kind of have to nut up and be like, look, this guy might get hurt, but if he doesn't get hurt, he's definitely I, the. I understand taking injury as a part of the risk. That makes a hundred percent sense to me, but but some of these things, like Rondell Moore's quote unquote injury last year, I don't think he was that hurt. I think he did legitimately get hurt, and then he realized, why am I going to play in this bullshit season? Why I'm getting ready for the draft, but I'm not leaving the team. And he got to a point where he felt good enough where he was like, you know what? I'm going to play a couple of games. And with very little practice and very little, like, getting in shape, he right. went out there and he kind of got open every damn time he wanted. He's, and, I mean, he's, he's, un, he's unbelievable. But that's going to – listen, he's one of the guys on my list too. Here's the thing. We're going to look back just like we have the last three years. The wide receivers that win in the second round are – Head and shoulders better than the wide receivers have gone the first round the last three years. It ain't close, okay? It's just not close. And so while I think Jamar Chase is a complete home run, I think I think Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle are complete nutter game changers. I love Elijah Moore from Ole Miss. That dude never drops the football ever. I, I cannot tell you. I'm sure Bates is great from Minnesota. I watched him a lot. He's huge. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of guys in front of him when we're done in two or three years, we're going to look at this draft, just like we have the three drafts before now. And we're going to say the guys that went in the second round are better than the guys that went in the first round. And I think it's completely asinine in a perfect world. What I think would happen is the Bengals get Joe Burrow, the help that they need. They take Slater, they take Sewell and, and then they take. Elijah Moore to throw on that, that skill thing later. Like I, I just, that makes sense to me. Yeah. There's, I mean, there to me, and that's the thing, like, again, to me, not Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. I'm sorry. Well, more, right. Well, to me, Moore is such a flexible player. Like, I mean, and again, like you can play him anywhere. And it's like, it's the kind of thing where it's like, you're like, I mean, how God help us if like the frigging chiefs get him at the end of the first or something like that. And then everyone just kind of goes, Oh my well, God. The only beautiful thing of that is their offensive line is so bad. They have right. to take a line. Like if they right. do, like we all said, you know, everybody knew the Packers were going to take a wide receiver because they have to draft a wide receiver. Like right. this is not that. Okay. Right. That it, You can go ahead and just pencil in offensive lineman. I don't know. Is it going to be a guard? I don't know if it's going to be a center. I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I know this. 
their first two picks are going to be O linemen, and, and and nothing else is going to be close. Right, and well, I mean, it's like they're they're set with speed, yeah, um, that, yeah, and they're, they're, but but someone's good. But I mean, like Moore is like that guy's plug and play. The yes. minute he gets drafted, everyone goes, "Oh my god, that team got him. He's going to be perfect for them." And well, it's like, yeah, the he shit is. thing is, is like he's going to end up in Jacksonville, and we're all going to be like, "Oh god, Rondell Moore, his whole career is just or or, or, or the Jets. It was just be like more of the same." It's like yeah. another great athlete that had all the potential in the world is going to go to this shit team and well, never be anything special. So that's one. And then the other one, the big, the other big one for me, and this is the only time where like, you know, because again, we haven't really mentioned Rashawn Slater yet. And I'm like, um, well, you know, Sam and I talked about him a lot yesterday. Right. So, so I mean, like, he's obviously covered. like, of course, like we're, you know, I'll save a little of that for next week because we're going to be going absolutely bananas when he goes. When he goes, um, that's right. You should, and um, you should, by the way. And, and, he, should. and he's going to be someone's cornerstone left tackle and and is an amazing player. But the only time I'd say, you know, you, I could be accused of homerism, but I'm tell, I, I mean, I would call it a false accusation. I get what someone was, is really where someone needs to nut up in terms of like, I guess, injury risk. To me, Greg Newsom's the best cornerback in this draft. And to me, that is academic. I have watched all these guys. And to me, like the idea that he, that some people, like someone like Chris Sims will have a top five cornerback discussion and not include Newsom is the best. Okay. And I know SEC country, people have different opinions, et cetera. He's the best cornerback. He is 6'1. With Gumby arms and legs, he's all arms and legs. He's six one. He's sub four four speed. He was easily on film the best lockdown corner in the Big Ten. He was the best corner in the Big Ten by far. But because of friggin' Ohio State, Sean Wade got the Sean Wade, who is not in the same league as a cornerback, got the accolades. I mean, he was there with the there were your first team all Big Ten corners. Um, Newsom is it's so like you watch on tape he's just the dominant player on the field every time he's out there he locks down whoever the wide receiver is um and it's like I don't get how in some situations like he was a three-star recruit he went to Northwestern like you pop in the tape like to me the comp is Richard Sherman yep a guy that's I'll agree with that who's like a three-star recruit. He goes to Stanford and then shows up in the league pissed off yep. because of how disrespected he is when he knows he's the best. So, so that's Greg so let, Newsom. So let me, let me give you the caveat to that. This is the one where we're going to disagree on, but it's not about his talent or his abilities. I, I don't listen to Chris Sims, not having a top five. I've looked at a lot of different like rankings of DBs. He's, he's consistently two or three. Okay, and everybody's got the Alabama boy at one. All right, and that's and, and you're not going to get anybody to disagree with that. And the reason he's going to get it is twofold. One, it's Alabama. That's just it. But the other thing that's actually logic and reasoning is look at the wide receivers that come out of the Big Ten and look at the wide receivers that come out of the SEC. The 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 Alabama boy actually has to guard the best wide receivers in the country. And there's not a single wide receiver that's going to be drafted out of the Big Ten this year at all. Not yeah, I not, mean that's not one. But that, hang on, but that still with that thrown at him, 
He's still consistently pro football focus has him number two. That's the uh, number three. Sorry. That's the ranking. I trust the most. They, they are the least bias bias when it comes to most of these guys. They really only look at analytics and, and they look at everything considering his quote unquote caliber of opponents and the injury risk. Him being three on their board tells me he's going in the first round. It ain't close. Oh, it ain't. Close. Mean, we, he's not. He's like you. You sent me the text. You're like him falling the second round. I don't think there's any chance he falls in the second round. I just don't see a world where that happens. He is too good, and he's been too consistent. And uh, and 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 you know, I just I just don't see it. Well, what's funny to us is is um, we had so we had Kaylin Kaler on the pod yeah. earlier this week. And she was talking about that she had talked to scouts who had watched Justin Fields and been like, one of the real worrisome things about us is his performance uh, in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. And we were like, yeah, duh, yeah. because he played the number one defense in the country. That's right. Like, what do you want? Our yeah, defense he, was he looked un- like crap. He looked like crap was, in that game. Yeah, and it's like our defense was the best defense in the country, scoring defense-wise. I mean, yes. like, we were unreal. Newsom was one of the cornerstones of that defense. I get it. Like to your point, right. Like there, that was one of the only times, right. Where he's not playing the, the LSU wide receivers, the Alabama wide receivers, that, et cetera. That, that's the issue is, is Alabama went up against uh, Florida. They went up against Georgia. They went up against LSU. They, they went up against a and They went up against teams at Ole Miss. But it's, they went up against but teams it's, that are good. Now against Ole Miss, they gave up a metric shit ton of points. So, you know, I, I'm sure there are times where, where he didn't look great in that film. But uh, but that's that's my only caveat is. is but I mean, you – but he, I think one of the things – He went that, against the best receivers in the country. Well, and I think one of the things that I think it pisses Newsom off so much, right, is he's, he's from Illinois. That's right. So he's, he's not from a speed state. Nope. But he's from Illinois. He's the best corner in the state of Illinois. He goes to IMG for a year. He's the best corner at IMG. That should, have, that should have gotten him power five looks, like bigger school looks in the South. Well, he had si- he signed with us. He honored his commitment. He'd signed with us before he went there. And then he oh, went. Well, there you go then. And I then, and then he goes to Northwestern, best corner in the Big Ten. And now he's going to be close. like, I've, he's like, he's going to be like, I'm the best everywhere that I've been. Yeah. And now I'm going to, you know, so to me, but I don't, again. I, I think he's going to have to make up a little bit of the chip, though. If he falls to the fifth or sixth cornerback taken and, and he's in the second, second round, then he's got a legit beef and I'm wrong. But I, I if would, he's the second or third cornerback taken hey, and he goes like 17th from overall. Your lips, come from on, your man. lips to God's ears, my friend. <laughs> if we get a run on corner start at like pick 10, that's yeah. what I want to see, you yeah. know? Well, I don't and see then, that happening, but I'm, I'm going to tell you a team I hope he falls to. I, my, for the first time in my life, in my life, oh. my Cleveland Browns don't have a need. They don't have anything that, like, we got to have this player fall to this spot because we are hurting here. They're not hurting anywhere. And if and if I get to throw into that secondary that's had injury problems in the past, which means we just want a bunch of elite guys because when one goes down, A, they don't have to play a bunch of shitload of snaps. Right. I, I want to do that smart. I want to do that can play. I want to do that can help lock down dudes. You know, I want somebody to shut Juju up. I want somebody to 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 put Holly Brown, Hollywood Brown in the locker. Like like I I want that guy, and and I hope that he falls. The problem is is I don't think he's going to be there at twenty six. I just hey. don't. Well, and you want us to all buy you a, a Greg Newsom Cleveland Browns? Well, yeah, I wouldn't. No, no, no. Hang on. No. So this is a this is a little bit of a. I'm not super comfortable in my own skin thing. Um, 
I'll wear jerseys, but like the the like the it's it's basically offensive linemen. Most <laughs> defensive players, not DBs, can't be secondary guy. Like the only skill guy on offense I'll take is a tight end because that could be a fat guy. I just I, I I'm morally I'm not comfortable enough to go in public with a wide receiver jersey, with a running back jersey, with a quarterback jersey, or with us. Like if that was the case, like I would I would have a, a honey badger jersey hanging on but a wall somewhere. Well, we're heading into a brave new world now. Like he might actually get to wear two in the NFL. You might get those single digits. That's gonna make me so uncomfortable. Like I hope I hope he gets to do it, and I don't care about that. I would I couldn't don it. I could give me a t-shirt, a Greg Newsom Browns t-shirt. I can wear that. I'll wear anything on a t-shirt. Well, we'll say, hey, again, like you said, hopefully he's not there by that point anyway. I don't so think he's going to be there at 26. I really don't. I th- I think that's the one that's the one where we I guess we could call disagreed on because I just don't see a world. I don't You went through the tech chain with me. Some of it was overblown. But the reason it was overblown is because he does this every year. I don't respect Chris Sims at all in his is his draft opinion. Because every year he comes out and he says, What's the most conventional take we have? I'm gonna go against that. And 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 if he if he did it once every four or five years, I would think that's his actual opinion, that he actually believed that, and I would take that into account. The the fact that he does it Year after year after year after year, all he does is want to be a contrarian for contrarian's sake. I don't think makes good content. I don't think that's playing the devil's advocate because he always sells it as this is shit I actually believe. Right. Makes it to where I no longer trust you, excuse me, or respect you. And and so, yes, Chris Sims has said some crazy shit about, about Greg Newsom and doesn't acknowledge him in his mock draft. That's fine. That doesn't. Th- that literally makes me feel better about it because I assume that outside of him and Kyle Shanahan being BFFs, zero other organizations in the NFL tell that guy anything. Yeah, I. So I'm curious to hear who, like, who else would be on your list that doesn't overlap. I've got a couple other names farther down the board. So I mean, the other the the two names that I have were both quarterbacks, and it was Kellen Mond, who I think absolutely should be a third round guy or sooner. Um, I watched this dude play. I, and what I like about Kellamon is Kellamon didn't light it up at, at AM. Okay. And Kellamon never won like massive, meaningful game. What Kellamon did was Kellamon systematically got better year after year after year after year. That's, I need to see that. He has all the measurable tools, he has all the measurable traits, but I need to see you get better. You can't just have the traits and never improve. You can't have the traits and peak your sophomore year. And then by your senior year, you're still looking like your sophomore year. It's the same thing with Book. Book has some of the measurables, but not all the measurables. But what Book did was Book systematically got better year after year after year after year, playing the most difficult schedule out of all of these teams throughout his career. And, And I respect that. I think wins have to matter. And I don't think that those teams had a shitload of offensive talent. I think he he led. I think now he's obviously a guy that, like, if he goes to New York, he's not going to do well. But if he ends up landing in in San Francisco, I think he could win that job against any quarterback he goes against. Like, I just think he needs to be in a system that's very <clears throat> quarterback friendly with an offense. That, uh, the head coach is like kind of the quarterback guru. Right, makes sense. 
but the, him him I, being undrafted and not given a draft grade is is complete lunacy. No, I mean again, and it's like the like seven hundred guys are going to get drafted. He can't be one of them. This is stupid. Well, Gary, I mean again, Gary would hate me saying this, but to me, there's there's a whole sub list of guys where you can say if they had started for Alabama this year, they would have put up all the numbers in the world. Correct. And Ian Book is Ian Book is oh, on that list. Well, oh no, if Ian Book if Ian Book was the quarterback at Alabama, I don't think Alabama loses a game the last two years. I think they probably beat LSU. It, that game's a lot different. And then they they rematch in the national championship game from 2019. Right. So I mean, there's there's that. So, I think he's so, that yeah. much better than Tua, and Tua's the best quarterback in the history of Alabama. Yeah. So I mean, that's the and the again. I mean, so it's that's to me where I'm like, I just can't believe that all these teams are going to reach on all these quarterbacks. But um, the I would name two other names farther down the draft board. I guess one. I guess I'd be curious to see where he goes. But if you ask me, I mean, aside from Parsons, the past couple of years in conference, um, like this year, who was the best defensive player that we saw? Davion Nixon at Iowa probably is that guy. Um, He was an awesome defensive tackle. And he was someone we went up. And of that Iowa mold where, again, this guy is a a run stuffer. Yeah. This guy is a well, guy. I'll tell you this, but that's where the tackle game is gone. Anybody right. looking at tackles and trying to grade them with sacks is just they they have forgotten how football is played. Right. You don't get to the quarterback from from the center guard position unless you're a blitzing linebacker. You're just not fast enough, and that's not your job. Your job right. is to make two people try to block you, eat up holes to where somebody else can get through, and don't let them run the football around you. Right. That's he's, I mean, he's great. Now he's someone where, again, I just don't have a good feel of where he's going to go. No, I mean, I if, don't either. but, it, but if it gets to be mid late second round and he's still available, that to me is a massive pick. Now, again, it's the same kind of thing. If there's a run on tackles, who knows when he goes, but I, to, but to me, the guys that we saw that we were deep in research with, he was one. And then another guy who's not going to go until later. I don't know when he's going to go. And this is not someone we did research on, and I'm almost curious about it from the opposite reason, is a, a wide receiver, and that's Amon Ross St. Brown. So I'm going way out to USC. Um, and to me, I just look at this guy, and I'm like, he's golden tape. Yep. So well, I every, look at I would him, say, and, like, and Gary and I have talked about this. Every year, USC is going to put – well, maybe every two or three years, USC is going to have – whatever the best wide receiver is coming out of USC. Right. Right. They're usually really good pros. But and I, I can't explain it. They, they just don't seem to ever be bust. They, they seem to come in the league, and they're going to play for eight to ten years at a reasonably high level. Well, what's funny, too, is like USC is in this weird place now where they still have the pull, but they're not what USC was in the mid-aughts. No. But they still will pull in a five-star recruit. But Amon Ross St. Brown had offers from everybody. He could have gone to Bama. He could have gone to any any team, Clemson, wherever. And he stays at USC. He's great at USC. The team is kind of in, eh, and they go through a couple different quarterbacks, but he's great. But, I mean, this is a guy who was, you know, he's like a top five recruit in the country. Listen, He never played poorly. Champ- championships aren't everything to everybody. At some point right. in time, if you told me you could live – in Los Angeles, on right. campus at USC, right. 
and right. be a superstar here. Right. Or right. you can win rings and be another dude, but you have to live your life in Tuscaloosa. Right. Like, like I'm going to tell you this. You can take that shiny <laughs> ring and shove it right up your ass. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the thing. I mean, I, well, that to me is why USC is to me is a perennial sleeping giant. Like to me, they should be one of the best teams every year, but it's weird because again, the way college football is the geographically centered right now, that's like going to the moon, him being out there. Yeah. And he's so much talent again, is just coming from the East coast. And this guy is weird. like, like the South is still dominant, but the bulk of the other talent is not right. from the West coast, the way it used to be. It's if it's not coming from the South, if it's not coming from Texas to the Atlantic <clears throat> right. below the Mason Dixon line, it is, it is coming from the Northeast, man. It is and coming from New Jersey, New York. I, I get, I don't know if this is really considered Northeast, but like the DMV area, like there's a shitload of really high level college football players. Oh yeah. Coming out of the East. And I'm thinking, this is weird to me. This is strange. All those guys would be coming from, from, uh, Southern California. Right. So I mean, it's past. really weird. Well, it's weird now too, with like Oregon. I mean, it's not like these programs are down, but I mean, it's no. like, we remember when USC was winning titles. We remember when Oregon was playing in title games and stuff, and that's not where it is right now. No. So it's like there, but I just look at it and he's like, he's like a little bit of a dick. And he's like, thinks he's the best guy on the field at all times. It's easy to dislike him. Same as golden Tate. And I'm like, I totally kind of, I kind of like that on my wide receiver. There aren't a lot of positions where I want that guy. Right. I think I want him far from the ball. I think I like it when they're uh, DBs or receivers. Um, right. I, you know, the other, like to be a great offensive lineman, you either have to be a dick like that, or you have to be the goofiest guy on the team that just wants to make everybody laugh. Like right. there's no middle ground in like elite level offensive linemen. There's just never been a guy that's been an elite offensive lineman that had no personality. They're right. either a complete asshole or they're the funniest guy on the team. Right. Oh, well, to me, I'm like, my favorite thing every year is, is there's always that guy in the top 20, top 13, you know, he like, he might be, you know, he might be a Pacific Islander. He might be yeah. something. And they're like, yeah, this guy's not a lot of pass pro technique. He hasn't a lot of pass. He's a liability in the past game, um, played in a run heavy offense. And then they show you the clips and it's just this guy eating people. Just destroying it's the people. greatest yeah. thing you've ever seen. Yeah. 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 It's just and he's, like, and he's like, he's like talking bad about their family. Right. Just like, yeah. like, like picking fights with everybody. Like that guy. Right. Oh no. Sign him up. Draft yeah. that dude. He's he, all his liabilities are going to go away as soon as you show him what you need him to do. That's what right. that team needed him to do. But if he's nasty like that, man, right. those guys are great. I'm telling well, you, that's, if you that's, let me interview all the, like the elite offensive linemen, I feel like I could pick the ones that are going to be the bust because they're the guys that are going to be boring. Okay, if well, you come into that room and you're a dick and you're a bully, I want you. If you come in that room and you're the funniest guy in the room, I want you. But I don't know why. But mentally, I've seen those guys. You're like super nice guys that were really funny and jovial are probably the two, in my eyes, the two best offensive linemen of all time, well, Jonathan Ogden and and my hero, Joe Thomas. But like you, then you also have like just your super asshole offensive linemen that take no crap from nobody. And they're just the, they're just the best. 
Right. Well, that's the, at, this is why we get so excited because like Northwestern perennially has that thing where like, we're just waiting for any, any good player we have. We're just waiting for somebody. Well, he's real smart. He plays, he's real student of the game. <laughs> that's, right. that's right. And we're just like, F you. Yeah. And then there's, this so hang here. on. Would you ever be insulted if somebody was like, you know, not as smart as we thought he was going to be like kind of <laughs> dumb, but man, look at him eat this guy. Well, like so, w- that wouldn't be offensive, right? That wouldn't bother you. But like, hey, well, I'm okay that that guy got a degree from Northwestern. So Hell there's yeah. This, so there's this video that was making the rounds that we were all super stoked about, which was, I think it was probably from last year. I don't know if it was last spring or whatever, but it was Rashawn Slater squatting um, three times an unbelievable amount of weight. Yeah. But the. You the, do have the most awesome? famous, uh, like, uh, strength and conditioning guy. Yeah, well, so there's that guy. But what happens is it's in the weight room, our sweet-ass weight room and our sweet-ass best facility in the country. Uh, hey, you facility. still need an athletic director, and I told you I'm available. <laughs> yeah. I'm not I, – I literally don't have anything to do tomorrow. I can you'll come, out. You'll come up and, 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 and walk people around and be like, look at this, look at this, and then watch them sign their name on the line that's dotted. Yeah, so – but there's this scene – where there's this video of him squatting and it's like, you'd expect, you know, surrounded by the rest of the team, everyone's going bananas, but there's this edge to it. The strength coach comes up behind him to spot him and like slaps him on the shoulders. And he turns around and shoves the strength coach so hard. And then uh, Gunnar Vogel, one of the other linemen's there. And he's kind of like laughing and also being like, I might have to step in here. That's right. That's right. And it's like this, this whole scene. And then he turns around and this like angry, just like unchained energy squats this weight. And we're like, yeah, yep, that's yep. who you're getting. That, I want that guy in a locker room. I didn't see, yeah. I don't know enough about Sewell. I need to sit down and talk to him because if he's not really funny, he doesn't look angry to me. Now maybe he is, <laughs> but I need to know these things about my lineman because I don't want right. my lineman bored. Listen, there's five of you guys, and you're going to be best friends for the rest of your life. You're going to war together. You're, you, you, this is what you're doing for, for, for the rest of your life. You're going to be best friends. You're going to work together. Your family's right. going to hang out. And, and I need you guys to – There's a you can't have five assholes, but you also can't have five goof-offs. You need a, a, a two and three combo of something. Right. And, and, and if you're boring, you can't be in this party. You just can't. You're not invited. Right. I don't care how good you are. Right. Say, and this is where this is where Rashawn's going to be that guy. Now he has the glasses on, so if you want to carry the stereotype, you know, we'll fill all your needs. He's Northwestern, where we wear glasses and then shove every guy in the locker room. That's that's who we are now. You I just like got to you just got to get used to it, America. This is what Northwestern football is now. But yeah, but he's but I mean he I mean I guess Sewell might be the you know thought of is i mean for first of all sewell has been since his freshman year i can't remember a time when sewell was not everyone's number one that's offensive right. line that's it so and slater is but i mean slater's right there now and i mean i think again they're i want to see them both go off the board quick because sewell will probably go first <laughs> excuse me sorry bless yeah. you but um, but uh but yeah i mean again that's where we're gonna go bananas because we think slater's gonna go top 10 somewhere but i don't you, know i think you gonna. should go bananas i absolutely think you should this is a big day the the tide is turning for you guys i i'm i'm not blowing smoke in your face because i like arguing with you you're my favorite person in the world to argue with i don't know if people out there in the world know that you have taken that well if, if they if they didn't know we gave them 45 minutes of evidence to start this thing off so you're my you're my you're my favorite person 
Uh, you challenge me, which is all I want. I just want people to make me. We don't. We don't have to always agree. I need you to make me think about the, the reasons I think the way I think. I'm okay with when we're done us disagreeing, but I need. I need my ideas to have been challenged. I need you to say, you think this way, I think this way, and this is why, why, why. And now I'm either stronger in my ideas or I'm changing my mind. And, and this, that's what you do. So I appreciate it. It's, a, it's the most valuable thing that I have in a friend, and, and I, I appreciate it. Uh, we're going to get out of here, John. We've gone for a little while. Thank you. I appreciate you making time. Um, everybody, appreciate it. Join us Thursday evening. Um, for when we jump. That's right. In. And I want, I want to say too, if you're listening and you're listening to one side or the other, and you, you've been listening, you listen to me for a half hour off the top and you're like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Hey, at this thing next week, you can tell us we're going to be available. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, can, think, yeah I know on in. YouTube, you'll be able to say, I think Gary's sending out on restream, which means all of the platforms can all talk to the same thing. Um, so that, that makes it fun. I don't know how any of that stuff works. I, I assume him and Sam, right they, they do it I, I just dance for the people okay just i'm just the monkey boy and, right. and when the music plays i dance and when it stops i stop that's right same thing so thanks john i appreciate it i'm gonna get out of here everybody appreciate you jumping in and joining on us and uh remember to uh to to like the the show share it out with your friends and um and and all the northwestern guys come give us some love uh especially on uh on next thursday night when we go live Thanks for listening to the Winning Cures Everything podcast. The website is winningcureseverything.com, and if you want to connect with us, we're on Twitter, at GaryWCE, at ChrisBGiannini, at Winning Cures, or you can email us, Gary at winningcureseverything.com, or Chris at winningcureseverything.com. Subscribe everywhere you need to subscribe, and we'll see you soon. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.